welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of community and discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, and I am joined as always by my boisterous wife, Betsy. Hey, guys. Boisterous Betsy. Yeah. How are you doing, Bets? It, the shoe fits, honestly. I almost thought about the word melancholy, and then I said, <laughs> no, actually, that will never work. Nope. In a thousand lifetimes with you. Praise <laughs> God. That's a good thing. God's giving you energy. Hey, listen to this title, Bets. Slow to speak in an age of outrage. Love it. Yeah. Are you feeling outraged about anything today? Do you really want me to answer that? I mean, it's I'm, I'm, <laughs> we, we try to model honesty here, don't we? Okay, let me tell you in all seriousness what we're going to talk about. Let me give our audience a preview. We are going to talk about how we live in a culture where people just pop off all the time. Yep. I mean, nobody is slow to speak anymore. We're going to talk about the attention span of a goldfish, being serious, and we're going to talk about uh, how Christians should approach this very important topic of how do we model civility, how do we model being slow to speak in an age of outrage. So, Bets, take it from here. Okay. So, I was thinking about this topic and about there's a lot of entertainment in our culture and and even... Um, news coverage that comes from people arguing with each other, right? And Absolutely. not really listening. So I started thinking about it, and it's like, remember the show um, PTI on pardon, ESPN? Pardon the interruption. Pardon the interruption. Absolutely. That's like two people, this the, a split screen, two people who are just like yelling at each other, pretty much. Yeah, well, they're just, it's very quick, back and forth. It's actually pretty entertaining. But yeah. Yep. But, but there's lots of, like of shows. talking over each other. They're yes. shouting, you know. yes. And then you know you have all the news shows. Good heavens, the where they have the um, you know the the Republican and the Democrat, and they just like eat each other alive, and yeah, it's like a bloodbath. And, and the person interviewing, he can cut off the person he's interviewing, or he or she's like instantly right, right. So it's very quick sound bites, right? Super quick. And then shows like The View, you know, they they're going back and forth on that. Then Real Housewives, you know, everybody loves the parts where the, the ladies mm-hmm. or, or the guys, whoever's on the show, just like brawls. There's not a Real Housewives of Columbia, is there? <laughs> I hope not, because there's a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep that out of our city. Right. <laughs> so it seems like in all of those shows, like the loudest and the most obnoxious wins. Yes, yes. Or else, you, it, or else they get the most attention. You know, you know what show I thought about? Remember this? Jerry. Jerry, yeah, Jerry Springer, right? Remember this show? Totally. And it was just, it was just total chaos and a free for all, and everybody was chanting. And, and somehow it was, it's entertainment. It's the exact opposite of a civilized, thoughtful conversation. But it's like, let's bring our brokenness onto the show, yeah, and it like, was really, it's really, everything. it's actually pretty sad. Yeah, it if is. you think about it. Yeah. Yep. So that's our culture. Yeah, and there's so much stuff out there for these acrimonious disagreements when you go online. You know, it's like where you stand on President Trump. Where you stand on illegal immigration, a woman's right to uh, a, room, a woman's right to choose. Then mm-hmm. there's tax reform. There's fat shaming. There's racism. There's kneeling NFL players. There's just like all of these things should be discussed. Yep. And vigorously discussed. Absolutely. But how and when we have the discussion is everything. So just to be clear, on this episode, we're not engaging any issue with the substance. No, we're talking about issue. how to talk. We're about We're talking things. about entirely how we talk about things. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Not taking sides on anything. Just how do we have a conversation with humility? Yes. Can I add a little background information here? Sure. Betsy, do you know what the average attention span of a goldfish is? (laughs) No, but I'm not surprised that you do. This is very random. You have a college degree. I'm surprised you don't know that. Okay. This is according to Time Magazine. (laughs) 
May 14, 2015, Time Magazine says, you now have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. I hope that's I'm just not reading, true. just listen, and I quote, the average attention span for the notoriously ill-focused goldfish is nine seconds, but according to a new study from Microsoft Corporation, people now generally lose concentration after eight seconds. No way. Highlighting the effects of an increasingly digitized lifestyle on the brain. Wow. So uh, now, in fairness, because I always like to bring in both sides, I found another article online that says survey finds attention spans aren't shrinking, they're evolving. Hmm. And the point of that uh, article was really to say uh, we've become very dependent on video and media, but actually no one is disputing the the goldfish thing. That is, as far as I know, that is fact. That is so interesting. That we are now behind goldfish. So maybe if we get some goldfish, we're going to improve our attention spans (laughs) as they're an example to us. So that's that's where that's where we're at as a society. It is it's, it is worth remembering that in the days of the Puritans, people would sit through like two hour sermons. Yeah, and kids. Yep, and goldfish possibly. <laughs> and now now here we're at. Okay, we know we multitask. You can look that stuff up. I saw other research that showed that during a presentation, uh, a work presentation, something like an average of ninety five percent of the people multitask during the presentation, which is you know, that's just a whole nother issue. Right. But connected to how we have conversations is our own attention spans. Mm. Because I think we need to remember yes. the reason the media gives us the five second sound bite is because the media knows what our average attention attention span is. Mm. And also, especially when you're listening to someone you disagree with, how how hard is it just to sit there and listen without being like, no, no. Yeah, you want to interject, right? right? You want to, you want to, you want to make yourself heard, and so that you know that that's in there too. Yeah, and you know, I just go to the example of Jesus, where he is before you know the Sanhedrin when he is getting ready to be crucified. Just how incredible it is to think that he remained silent, right? Because the human impulse within so many of us is, of course, it's to defend ourselves, and it's. You know, in a secondary sense, it's to defend any view that we have. Sure. To say, no, 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 that's wrong, you're wrong, and then we quickly go from arguments to insults. Right. That's right. And that was something that I thought of, too. I mean, people have always, obviously, people have always argued, people have always sinned against each other. Um, But um, I I think being able to say things from behind the security of a screen has has emboldened people to say things that they may not say face-to-face. Absolutely. And, and I think yep. you could argue that that kind of attitude is carrying over into real face-to-face interactions as well in our culture. Um, and Josh, you had an encounter with our oldest son a few weeks ago that I, I think our listeners need to hear well, about. Well, my oldest son and I witnessed something together. It wasn't, right. it wasn't our encounter. Not, yeah. Basically, he was playing flag football. I was on the sidelines uh, cheering. And at the game that was being played on the field directly next to us, I don't know what else to call it other than a brawl broke out. I mean, it was just like a, sports, it guys. was a full on Royal Rumble between the parents. And I wish I could say I wish crazy. I could say this was funny, but you know, when your kid says, I just saw a lady get punched, you realize, okay, this is not a joke. And the police were called. We actually left the field because we we weren't sure if the brawl was going to kind of spill over. And it was one of those deals you couldn't tell who's who was on whose side because it was just like thirty parents swinging at each other. Uh, and it was just, oh, wow, this is um, where we're at with with civility, with sports, right, right. with respect for other people. Exactly. This is a microcosm 
of our culture, of our shouting, soundbite, 140-character culture. And quick to escalate. Oh, quick to escalate, absolutely. Quick to assume motives. Um, It's all connected to living in a culture of outrage. Yeah, so kind of as the antithesis of that is humility, right? Humility, I think, um, is is on the decline. We see everyone is positive about their views and unwilling to consider that maybe they're not right. So we're actually, as opposed to the Bible in James 119 that tells us where we got the title, be quick to listen and slow to speak, speak, slow to become angry. Instead, we're slow to hear and quick to argue. Yeah, you know, here's something interesting. The author, David Brooks, has written about two different kinds of virtues that people have. He's talking, and he's written about how there's a category of virtues that we might call resume virtues, and then he's written about how there's a category of virtues that we might call eulogy virtues. Resume virtues obviously help you get a job. They're what they're sort of what you put out there publicly, but eulogy virtues are the ones that really matter, the ones that you would want mentioned at your funeral, like this person's courageous. I could count on this person. Mm-hmm. They may not help you get a job per se, uh, but you know. But but there's two different categories of virtue. And here's the point I want to make: humility, increasingly in our culture, is not a resume virtue. Mm-hmm. It's True. simply a eulogy virtue. Mm-hmm. Everybody would want said at their eulogy, "Oh yeah, he was a humble person." I, I would think most people. But how far is humility going to get you on your job application? Mm-hmm. No, it's like, is he a winner? Is he? Does he get things done? Mm-hmm. Does he achieve? Take charge. Can he? Can he lead a team? Yeah, all those things. In many ways, I, I'd even say this: I wonder if humility has even become a negative thing mm-hmm. in our culture. We would never say that, but if if there's sort of a, a practical uh, way in which one would say, well, the humble person is the person that doesn't know how to stick up for themselves. They don't know how to. Um, they don't know how to get their uh, agenda. They don't know how to represent their group because, hey, how are you going to get the agenda of your group right. uh, out there if you're if you're humble? Mm-hmm. Hey, that's not the kind of person that really wins in today's culture. Right. So in many ways, humility is becoming simply a, a, a eulogy virtue. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's not good. That's true. Um, humility should be a virtue that we all want to have regardless of how much it helps us succeed in the workplace or in, you know, social media or whatever. Mm. Now, Bets, I thought that I could just persuade anyone to my position if I have arguments with them online. (laughs) You're kind of blowing my mind right now. Are you telling me that's not true? Yeah, well, I am am here to tell you that. So as we were thinking about this topic— I came across an article because I sensed that this was true. So I Googled um, articles on this subject. And here is an article from the business website called Inc.com, uh, November 29th, 2017. The article is entitled, You Should Never Ever Argue With Anyone on Facebook According to Science. <laughs> okay. So this is kind of the recap of the article. And here's a quote from it. We respond very differently to what people write than to what they say even if those are the same things. Hmm. So here was the study. It was a study by UC Berkeley and U- Berkeley and University of Chicago. 300 subjects read, watched video of, or listened to arguments about such hot-button topics as war, abortion, and country or rap music. 
I wouldn't put those two, those last two categories. People are passionate about music. War, abortion, and I think there's a genre ones. now that is like country rap mixed. I think it's that's kind really of, a, I think they're kind of bleeding into one. I guess but that's in, anyway. a polarizing topic. Anyway, yep. so afterwards, subjects were interviewed about their reactions to the opinions with which they disagreed. So here's, here's um, that was kind of the setup of the study. So there was a distinct difference between those who had watched or listened to someone speak the words out loud about their opinion and those who had read the identical words as text, if that's making sense. Mm -hmm. So they were listening to people they disagreed with. Those who listened or watched someone say the words were less likely to dismiss the speaker as uninformed or heartless than they were if they were just reading the commenter's words. Yeah, because they're getting the voice inflection. They're getting a sense that this is a person that's saying this. This isn't just... Uh, you know, like the worst is the comments below a YouTube video, right? Where it's just comments mi- mixed with expletives. Yeah, it's where they're like, like "Go are- die." Yeah, and you're like, yep. "What?" <laughs> yep. Okay, makes sense. Keep going. Yeah. So, um, it, it's just interesting how written comments, or you know, written debates, or even articles written in newspapers, can seem outrageous to someone, but then when you hear someone present those same ideas, maybe they seem more reasonable, or you know, something you should think about a little more. So, so to me, what that reinforces is just that we're meant to be in community and share the same space with people, not have the the, the mediator of a screen, because like you said, too much is lost in the nonverbals. That you can't, you know, when you don't have those nonverbals, then you can't understand how someone is communicating as well. Yeah, I I also think it raises the point of uh, because a lot is lost with when when you lose nonverbal, that that shows why when we engage important issues, we shouldn't just read a headline. That's the problem. See, articles have gotten shorter. If you go read a really good piece of journalism from the New York Times, it makes up for a lot of the things that are lost in nonverbal communication. But when you read just boom, it's a headline followed by two paragraphs or or whatever. And again, all of this is being shaped by how we now consume things. A lot of that nonverbal is lost and, and the sort of the high standards of journalism are not there to compensate for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I think it goes to the point, if you want to discuss something with someone Social media, not that social media doesn't have roles to play in raising issues, because I think it does, but at the same time, I don't think arguments are won or lost on on Facebook and on Instagram, and because you need that, you need the face-to-face interaction with the people in your life um, where you can communicate in a way that's much more meaningful than just with the words on a screen. Yeah, I want to make a couple points here. One is we need to ask ourselves as Christians, what are our motives? So why am I going into this debate? Am I just going to land punches? Am I just going to land some zingers? Or am I going to genuinely try to help someone else see another perspective and trying to understand their perspective? That's right. Or, you know, because really online is is just a, it's just a place to throw punches. Mm-hmm. And so ask yourself, you know, what is that accomplishing? What is What are my motives? What's really going on here? Yeah, I think the linchpin for everything is going back to humility. When you approach someone with a humble attitude and you're ready to consider your own position too, and not just dig your heels in, then you can have genuine discussion and, you know, ironing, iron, sharp, sharpening iron can actually happen. Yeah, I was, I was meditating, I was preparing for this episode and, and I had this thought, I think it's very important for us as Christians. Let me, let me, let me put it like this. By listening, we come to greater understanding. 
by coming to a greater understanding, we come to greater compassion. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily mean we come to agreement, but we do come to greater compassion. Mm-hmm. And that should be a mark of Christians when we are engaged in the public sphere, That's right. the online sphere, the talking to your neighbors, getting on your neighborhood Facebook group, right? Or whatever yep. it is. We all have these groups in our lives. We all have these different you know, arenas that we intersect with. And again, the point is not necessarily that you're going to change your position on something, but the greater listening will allow for greater understanding, which will lead to greater compassion. Right. Because a refusal to listen, it just reflects arrogance because, you know, you are 100% sure that you understand an issue completely or you're reading a situation 100% correctly and you couldn't possibly be mistaken. Um, and that, that, you know, that's a pretty arrogant position to take on most things. Now, there are things that are genuinely non-negotiable, like, you know, the deity of Christ. And like you said earlier, like the, mm-hmm. the Patriots are Satan's team. Like those are we genuinely don't, don't, non-negotiable. on those things. I'm sorry to offend anyone out there. It but. does snow a lot in Boston, <laughs> which it doesn't in Columbia. Just yes, want to say that. Just true. want to point that out. That's true. Sorry, Bostonians. <laughs> Um, but with so many other things, willingness to listen just enriches our lives. It helps you, like you said, develop um, deeper compassion and help you to understand deeper context behind things and appreciate people who have different views than you do. Yeah, and ultimately, I mean, let's talk about eulogy virtues again. Wouldn't we want people who who aren't Christians and who disagree with us to say, you know what? They never came to my side. They never had my position, but they always did it the right way. Mm-hmm. They always respected me. Mm-hmm. I could. That I was always treated with dignity. Right. I mean, we should be the ones that model this when the culture's just gone off the rails. That's right. Right, which it totally has. And a lot of things that you know, it used to be. You know, you didn't. You didn't lambast. You didn't. There used to. There's a lot of unwritten rules. See, this is something about society. Society really only functions when people follow all the unwritten rules as well as the written rules. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of those unwritten rules start to break down, society starts to break down, mm-hmm. right? We can't be people who just follow the letter of the law. And so at, when we see that around us as Christians, we got to be people who follow the unwritten rules. That's right. Like how I treat other people, how I engage in conversation, how I engage in dialogue. So true. It's got to be part of it for us. And and also, just as kind of a closing remark, lest we be so quick to just say, oh, this is just about angry people on social media, it goes so much deeper than that. I mean... How willing are are you and am I to listen to other people like your kids or your spouse? Or, you know, how much easier is it just to jump into a disagreement and shut it down yeah. and be like, no, this is the way it is, yep. period. Ooh, that's convicting. <laughs> Ooh, right? Because it's easy to say, look at those people on social media who are arguing, but let's turn the finger toward are ourselves. Are you saying sometimes... I sound like a cable news pundit in the I mean, house. I wasn't trying to make a personal remark, but I mean, it's true. If you're it hits take us. It that way. <laughs> yep. It all, it's shaping us more than we care to admit. Oh, That's right. It's so true. That's right. Yep. So let me make one final point, uh, one piece of application well, as we wrap up here uh, for Christians here. And this is true in any setting you find yourself in. So whether your work, uh, it, it could also be with family that doesn't live in town. Here's my point. If you can pick up the phone, pick up the phone because Mm -hmm. we do – I mean, let's face it. Texting is the lowest common denominator. Emailing is one one step up, and so much of that stuff is lost. And it's amazing how even in the church, 
people shout at each other over email. Uh, people, you know, there's just so many times, and I know this is true in business, it's true in every avenue in life. If we can, if we can, you know what, it's a little bit more of an inconvenience, but hey, you know, sometimes we're, we're being more of a Christian by picking up the phone than by dropping a text or an email. Hmm. So if there's an opportunity for us to do that, why would we not do it? Sure. Right? It's a great word. All right. Bets, are you curious to know what I'm reading these days? Sure. Okay. Always. <laughs> I'm reading a book by Tim Keller about prayer. It's called Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God. And uh, I'm just getting into it. I'm reading it with some other guys in a discipleship program that I'm a part of. But I guess what I just would want to say about this book, first of all, Keller is so good at, at being a deep thinker and at bringing in multiple strands of wisdom to a topic. But I think what I would just say is uh, when we talk about dieting or, or when we talk about losing weight, you know, there's so many different things people will tell you like, uh, you know, hey, you can start working out and there's this new diet pill. And there's this machine at Academy Sports that's like an ab vibrator that costs $19.99. <laughs> this doesn't sound like very good and advice. supposedly you're going to get a 12-pack. Like, uh, it's, <laughs> if only it was that easy, right? We'd all have those things on our... Um, here's my point. At the end of the day, you know, like with weight, it just comes down to diet. Everybody knows that. It's always going to come down to diet. Yeah. Really, really. The part that's not fun at all. I would say with our growth with Christ, I mean, it's like prayer is just like, it's just that thing that we just got to do. And there's just never going to be, yeah, there's the Christian diet pills to the moon and back. But at the end of the day, we got to be people who pray. And so I'm grateful for Pastor Tim Keller helping me understand prayer better. Yeah, that's and a good hopefully one. hopefully that, that'll be an area that I grow in as a mm-hmm. Christian. That's awesome. So tell us how our, tell our listeners how they can tell others about this podcast. Well, uh, guys, Uh, Do come find us on social media, if you will. Website is www.anyprez.com slash podcasts. You can find show notes there and, you know, links to all the other episodes that we've released. Information about goldfish? uh, Yes. And attention spans? Yes. Yeah, we'll link link that. Absolutely. That's that's a great article to link. Yep, that'll humble you. (laughs) Um, If you have any comments, guys, or feedback for us, please um, send us an email. It's intersect at anyprez.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And if you like what you've heard, share it with a friend. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you.